Hello, welcome to Fantastic Beats. Three people, three tracks, we swap and we talk about them. I'm Jack Tutor. And I'm Lizzie Maris. And our guest today is music maniac and all-round superstar Tom Withy. Thomas Nigel Withy. Tom Withy. Hello, Tom Withy. <laughs> hello, hello, that's me. Yes, how are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for Good. joining us on this here podcast. Uh, so we've got three tracks, one each. Lizzie's going to kick us off. Lizzie, what you got? Okay, so I have a track by Gorillaz, uh, and this track is called Superfast Jellyfish off their Plastic Beach album. So this has been a favourite of mine for a long time. I think I saw them at Glastonbury many years ago, I think when this album had just come out. So this track went down really, really well. Um, it is really, really catchy anyway, but live it just really resonated because it's kind of got this like... Bass, which just really, really worked on a big old pyramid stage at Glastonbury. Yeah. Um, it went down well. Um, <laughs> so this song I wanted to talk about because I think for its time, 2010, it's incredibly forward-facing. So it's from the album Plastic Beach, which if you think about it, 2019 is the year of everybody kind of getting really concerned about plastic use and, yeah. and think, thinking that we might need to change that. Yeah. This, these guys were onto this nine years ago um, and Plastic Beach is all about you know in many ways like sustainability and fake worlds and things and super fast jellyfish really is kind of a comment on like fast food convenient food junk food throwaway food and draining the seas and all all, all of that awful stuff um and i just it picked it up because I just thought, wow, that song's been onto it for a long time. Now, there are lots of environmental songs that go back to like the 40s and 30s. Like, this, you know, it's not, it's not the first one. But I just think it's really interesting to bring this song up now because it's been onto it for quite a while. Um, I also just think it's a total banger of a song. It has uh, samples in it from a 1986 commercial, which I think is from a microwave, like a microwave breakfast, which nice. it mentions at the beginning. And it is a it is a brand or like a product called Great Start Breakfasts. Because at the beginning, you kind of get this like alarm clock going off, like you've woken up. And then you get this very kind of like chirpy, kind of like, you've got time for breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is a sample from a real, real commercial. The lyrics are really funny. So you have uh, Griff Rees from Super Furry Animals in there and you also have Della ah. Soul as well, which is really an odd combo, like those two together. But what's, my God, it works. What's Griff Rees doing? He, um, the seas are radioactive. Oh, right. Yeah, he, does ah. the, uh, he does the vocals. He does the singing, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure if Damon Alban... Is 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 singing at all? Is he? I don't think he is. I think it's Della Soul, oh, and it's and I it's it was him. Damon, right? Yeah. And you really can tell, and I couldn't tell for the longest time, but it's when he says radioactive because it's so <laughs> oh, rubbish. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't actually. I mean, I, no, I, you know, no offense to him, but I wouldn't know his voice that well. No, right. So uh, yes, yeah, so you have those two, which is you know, if you think about it, that's quite a weird mix. But Plastic Beach is the album of bringing in very interesting collabs um i think it's an incredibly catchy song i think it's really uh really funny the, the things that like the rappers say like when they're laughing and things and they're sort of like talking about like throwaway toys and i like that and laughing and i want some chicken it's just um it's a really light-hearted <laughs> song but then it's just absolutely like a total banger as well and that bass is so bouncy so it's a great song but i just wanted to bring it up because 
this song was about nine years ahead of its time. And I think that is worth talking about. Fair. Jack, do you, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I've mm-hmm. known the song basically since I've known you. So since about 2011, when you said, oh, I really like this song. It's, yeah. It's all right. I mean, the thing is, I've never listened to it that closely. But I do like the fact that it's about this, you know, very synthetic, fast, kind of low nutrition food. And then if you kind of listen to the structure of the song itself as well, it's very throwaway. But the chorus sounds like a breakfast jingle. It's all like light and kind of shiny and, you know, very catchy as well. You know, just like those adverts. And also what they do is that the second verse, which got me the first time I listened to it, and I was like, oh, okay, it kind of fits with the theme. It's just basically the first, like, half the first verse repeated. And you kind of hear it, and because it's a rap, it kind of feels weird, because you're like, it's so obvious that they just basically tacked on the first verse again. But then when you think about, you know, something which is basically designed as a fast commodity, like, just cheap and ready to roll, and, and has the facade of, like, you know, just being a completed thing, then it kind of works quite well. Um, I also like that in the second verse it does sound like the facades kind of coming down because you've got the synths that sound like they're melting in the background um, I liked all the silly voices again they sounded like cereal box cartoons I thought that was cool um, it's alright I mean it's not a song that I feel compelled to come back to loads and I find that a lot with gorillas is that like I kind of think oh this is a catchy thing and I never really feel like I want to dig too much deeper than that but but you could all... almost you could almost sort of argue that 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 kind of fits in with the theme of it of the song itself and the whole album really yeah totally yeah that that's, yeah. that's it and and I think that's the thing that sort of as I was listening more to the lyrics that came through to me but. I, I just also I was like yeah cool I, I, I get that there's like a almost a commodification of the whole thing but now I realise that I'm like cool I'm kind of done with the music though as well what what did you think of it anyway Tom. Well, I liked it. I mean, this is the first time, this is probably, I can't remember hearing this song before, so it was the first time. I'd never really dipped into Plastic Beach at all, uh, but I, I'd heard of, obviously I'd heard of the album and, and Gorillaz and everything. But yeah, I, pretty much I had I had a similar experience to you, Jack, with, uh, it, it's, it's a real catchy tune. Uh, that's what yeah. hit me the first, and it's really light and it bounces along, and you've got you've got Griff Reese doing, doing a bit of a bit of a falsetto there so, which fits in with the uh fits in with the sort of like plasticky feel yeah uh but yeah like uh i really like the the synths in the background which kind of y- you can concentrate on more after a few listens and they they're just it's 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 almost like you scratch the surface and everything's not quite as as bubbly and as, as yeah um, mm, pristine totally. as it might seem on the surface which i thought was a was quite a nice touch for that but uh i i enjoyed i enjoyed the song um i obviously because gorillas are a bit of a they're kind of like a, a visual band as well with mm. the, with all of the the uh, artwork that usually goes with their songs i thought i'd check out the the video yeah uh, just to have a little look and see you know see <laughs> uh, see what's happening there and uh a, well, lot. Not a lot yeah yeah so oh there's, there's not, not a lot ah. no no what i was gonna say was there's not the characters the usual characters don't uh don't appear uh so you haven't got the the four guys uh, yeah, the, sort of the animated. The yeah. What have you got? So, what's the deal with the video? Well, you've got like a. It, it kind of follows along with the theme of the the song. Commercials, yeah. Yeah, it's like a commercial, isn't it? And and you've got this sort of cartoon 
uh, illustrated jellyfish uh, that sort of floats around and it becomes a little bit psychedelic so it almost implies that but what I got from it was it kind of implies that eating it sends you a bit a bit sort of <laughs> spaced out and a bit high really like uh, a sugary uh, treat nice. yeah like like it's like there's a little bit something in there to to make you think what you're getting is is a bit more nutritious than it actually is maybe i'm uh taking it a bit too literally there no 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 i think but, you could be on something yeah i mean it was uh, yeah it was, it was an interesting video i had a couple of watches it was it was filmed in a, in a sort of strange strange it was black and white apart from this colorful jellyfish so yeah almost as if it's saying you know the have this meal and and it will brighten up your day sort of thing uh like a happy yeah, meal like with a with yeah. a new yeah. mention like it comes with a plastic toy and i suppose if that sample is from a 1986 commercial probably would have been black and white so i suppose that's the whole theme of it yeah exactly. i also yes. like the bit in the rap like right at the start where it comes in it's got that pitch down voice he sounds like he's about to kick off the rap and i can't remember what he says but he sounds like he's about to rhyme something and instead he just like I like that. that I like is, that. So yeah. It sounds really like juvenile. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah, popping in there. Yeah. Hmm. See, I don't think that that one has landed as well as I thought it would. I think that one well, might I have to go through the recycling. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, you just wanted to say that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one's been consigned to the real-life plastic beach. Yeah. It has, yeah. <laughs> I like I like the song. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was a catchy yeah, one. A... And it, and it's been sunny. Uh, so I've been listening to it in the car, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely pleasant. a car sunny uh, song. Sunny a- car absolutely. song, totally. Yes. Sunny car song. Yeah, absolutely. While you're right. gassing up the planet, listen to a bit of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the irony was lost on me. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, in your diesel car. Yeah. I don't know. That's what you have. But <laughs> yeah, tra- traction engine actually. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you dying like rabbits with the crunchy, crunchy carrots Gotta have it super fast Oh, whole line of breakfast you got time for Super fast, super fast, a criminal To just be time for breakfast Keep it sweet, keep it sweet, forever blue Good night, good night, throws actors Luminum, a crucial fun, aluminum The sea is radioactive, the sea is So Tom, it's your song now. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I've I've picked. Um, so my song is "Dear Prudence" by uh, a, a little unknown indie band uh, from the 1960s. <laughs> you might not have heard of called, right. the, called the Beatles. Interesting. It'll never catch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm sure they'll find it hard to, to gain traction in this day and age. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so I've picked I've picked the Beatles. So I've had a bit of a probably last year i had a bit of a um a journey so i hadn't actually i knew we were joking about it just now but i hadn't actually listened to much of the beatles it was just what you catch in the zeitgeist i guess yeah um you know you you hear their songs all the time especially living in this country and uh last year i just thought oh well i might as well you know go back and check them out and and just see See what the fuss is about, really. <laughs> That's really nice, because so many people just could not be bothered with that, because it's almost like you don't need to do that work. Can I just say, if I'd done this, you would accuse me of going through a phase. Absolutely. <laughs> that is 
my girlfriend accused me of the very same thing. So, uh, <laughs> on uh, similar, similar territory there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, these are every few weeks. It's a lot to live with. But I, yeah. I just like that. I think with the Beatles, it's almost like overdone, oversaid. Like you can't yes. state how much they're a classic band. So it's it is nice that you went back and did that work because you so easily could have not. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought I might as well just uh, just just talk about what my experience is because I, I doubt I'd find a, a unique angle on the Beatles that no one else has thought. Of. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this this song kind of uh, I feel like it kind of represents my experience with them because. So, so I, I started listening and I, I just fell into... It was almost falling into a rabbit hole. When, when you're younger, or, or at least when I was younger, I can only really speak for myself, I, I connected... I think I connected in, 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 with music in a different way maybe than I do now. So you're hearing things for the first time and, it, and it's all new and exciting and, and you're kind of ready to fall in love with, with all these different tracks and, and all these different sounds and everything that you've, you've never really heard before. Yeah. And uh, I I thought as I got older this this kind of stopped happening and I and I didn't I listened to I liked stuff but I never really connected and and almost fell in love with with it the same way as I did when I was I was you know a teenager but for some reason the Beatles uh, had that effect on me so when I was oh, listening wow. to I I really really just just fell into a rabbit hole I was just listening to it all the time. The phase went on for quite a while, uh, <laughs> and it was just a—it was quite a profound experience because I thought I didn't think I—I I would ever have that again. I never thought that I would be able to to have maybe the same feelings as I did when I was much younger, uh, so much younger than today. Uh, I didn't think I'd be able to have those <laughs> those experiences again. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you very much. A little uh, little reference there. Jack didn't get that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Fill my head. <laughs> I was expecting gales of laughter. But, uh, <laughs> a, 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 knowing, a knowing giggle is is will, I'm absolutely fine with that too. Uh, so yeah, that that was my experience, and and so this song kind of I feel like it represents that slightly oh, because nice. it, it, you've got so so the 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 song I think of it as being sort of sung from maybe a child's perspective or, or singing to a child, and you know John Lennon singing "Come Out to Play." you know, come with me and I'll show you, you know, you living in this dull world, I can show you so much more. And 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 it kind of, it resonated with me because that's almost like the the feeling I got when I started listening to the, to oh. for the first time. So it was, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of serendipity that this one came and, and the way that the song, so the track immediately before this on, on the album, on the, the Beatles, the, the White Album, is uh, back in the USSR, which is like a crazy <laughs> Beach Boy style, you know, really high energy song by Paul McCartney, and and it's got airplane noises and and all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> He's just throwing everything at it, and and I don't know if you heard the the beginning of this song. Kind of, it starts with like what what sounds like a bit of feedback. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I think that's the plane noise carry off ah, from, right. from back in the USSR before it, and it and then the song ah. kind of yeah, and then and then it kind of he brings you down, so you've got you know you're coming down. Don't really know what I'm trying to say here. I don't really know musical terms, so it's quite hard. <laughs> but you know, like uh, you're 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 coming down in 
in pitch or whatever and he's kind of bringing you right down and slowly and bringing you into his world a little bit so you start off from the perspective of prudence and then the song kind of reveals itself into a into a climax and uh yeah i just thought it it really it really kind of resonated with me because it was almost the experience of listening to them uh myself so uh yeah and also it's just a great song you know so catchy (laughs) the bass line is is brilliant when that comes in really really love the bass line and uh yeah by by paul mccartney there and it and it's just a song i i fell in love with straight away and i you know i will listen to all the time so i guess my phase is continuing but uh (laughs) yeah so that's really why i wanted to pick this song because it it reminded me that you can still have new experiences with with music even stuff that was recorded you know 50 years before before you listen to it it is really profound experience really and and yeah one i'm glad to have had wow blimey yeah yeah (laughs) i i I, that was wonderful and uh i i've not really got super into the beatles ever i don't have an epiphany story like that they've kind of just been on the edge of my consciousness and i think i thought you know seven eight years ago i was like i'll give sergeant pepper a whirl like i've heard a lot about it and then i think i you know every couple of years i'd be like i'll give this one a whirl now and i I never really got much further than checking out sergeant peppers and revolver and that's pretty much my terrain i think i listened to the white album once so i didn't remember this song when i heard it but i really liked it straight away it's quite disarming this song i think i think the, the, the way the bass comes in as you say is very odd like it doesn't come in at the point that you would expect and the way it comes in as well feels very odd it's sort of like um almost sounds like it's asking permission to join the song a bit which i thought was really nice uh and the thing that i kept hanging on was this like dear prudence thing which is you know the title of the song but also a recurrent lyric in it because it sounds like it's like letter writing and you get the sense of that the Beatles are sending these letters to Prudence and not getting any replies because the track kind of builds a bit on the verses and then the drums stop and then it restarts. It's almost like that they're just putting the letter out, not getting a reply and then sitting down and writing another and doing it over and over again. Mm. And I was reading a little bit about the origin of the song actually, which sounds like when they were doing meditation and being you know spiritually taught at the foot of the himalayas they were on this meditation retreat and there was a a woman there called prudence farrow who is the sister of mia farrow who was getting so into meditation in a big way and she'd i think got into this idea of spirituality and transcendence through lsd and then gone mega hard on meditation and basically like locked herself in her room and was just meditating all day every day for like three weeks on end and this teacher charged john and paul uh with trying to lure her out and say she needs to socialize with the other students and stuff you need to find a way to get her to just break out and to to come outside basically so this song was their way of trying to invite prudence outdoors which again kind of feels like it keeps in with that idea of them sort of trying to get prudence's attention and then not get you never hear prudence at all uh i i, I think that's wicked it's got such a strange and alluring structure that the, the the song does in a way that i just keep wanting to come back to it because it never kind of settles down into something and then when it does kind of pick up momentum 
basically the drums just start being improvised so there's never a point where everything is just consistent which i really really like and in fact i read that it was paul mccartney playing the drums on this track as well which is interesting that's uh, right yeah yeah oh. yeah which i was like i didn't i didn't well i don't know much about the beatles i didn't know he did that i didn't know that they you know had a little dabble I yeah. think there was a. I think there might have been an incident where, um, for the first sort of part of the recording, Ring, Ringo had a bit of a not a breakdown, but he he'd had enough of all the fighting that was happening around this time. I think, and he and he sort of packed up and 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 legged it. Ah, and uh, and it meant that yeah. So Paul McCartney played drums on a few tracks of this one, and back in the USSR as well, he did. No way. And uh, yeah, before before Ringo came back. Uh, back a bit later but yeah it's uh yeah it's a strange it's a a strange little footnote really because the drumming is a is a good part of this song yeah it gets its own little moment towards the end and and you hear it just when the the kind of climax is coming with the piano and everything and it it really kind of hits yeah and like all the hand claps and stuff i thought that was a really nice touch i also like as well so the guitar playing is it's really interesting as soon as i read that they were on like a spiritual retreat the guitar has two low notes in it which i think quite deliberately mimic like a low drone there's like an indian Ah. drone instrument called a tambura which we'll talk about a bit more in a bit actually when we come to our next song but it has a very distinctive interval that basically runs uh, in indian classical music runs through the entire piece and just stays to two pitches and they have that in the guitar part which was as soon as i clocked onto it i was like oh shit and then it makes sense because obviously they're very much into you know indian spirituality and uh yeah i enjoyed it a lot and i will listen to it again and more lizzie what do you reckon yeah really nice Beatles track like very indicative of a Beatles track some of them you're like is that the Beatles but this one you're like "Mm -hmm, I know know straight away yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and I think what characterizes that for me which is really evident in this track is that there's so many I would describe it as like gaps so I feel like if you were to see this track split out because this is probably how they recorded it there would be four tracks do you know what I mean very simple clear just four of them with quite a lot of it's not you know no Beatles song is particularly kind of fast and you can always pick out those very what those four people are distinctly or three I suppose in this case are distinctly doing yeah and I really like that because there's space in it I feel like this is when music before they learned to like fill it all up you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and yeah the i really like the bass in it the bass is really cool the way it kind of is always descending it definitely i was like that's the lucy in the sky bass line definitely Uh, yeah yeah. well it is it isn't but it reminded me of it yeah and and i like that it's descending it kind of goes with the like you know the story behind it that they were trying to maybe pull someone out of they're in this very meditative state themselves and this descending bass line's kind of dragging dragging them in and maybe dragging prudence back in and this has that really Beatles structure where it goes um, I've forgotten the exact melody which is awful I've drawn a diagram for myself where it's, it's, oh great it's, radio but, yeah I know yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, where, where it sort of goes like Da 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 ah yeah yeah uh, you know so yeah, it's like yeah. three three or four phrases that kind of move up and then it just ends in a like ooh um 
it's not quite that but that 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 structure really indicative of of, of a Beatles track so yeah it's a really nice track I didn't actually know it that well when I read it it felt like one that I should know because as a Beatles song and <laughs> I really didn't um, and I also discovered there's a Susie and the Banshees cover which I really like. You're into, aren't actually. You? Yeah, I love them and I love their covers. And so, yeah, this is nice. I do particularly enjoy your story of this, though, Tom, because you're right. Like, I, I will say, like, when I saw that you picked it, I was like, how are we going to do this, though? Yeah. Because <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> you yeah. kind of can't just be like, I think they're really good. Yeah. You know, so, that's a, right. I love that story. That that has so much colour in it, that story. It's, it's really nice. So, yeah, re- really good track. Really good track. I think uh, it's quite nice as well because this song is basically about just how lovely nature is and your song Lizzie was about plastic and you know artificiality it's a nice contrast I've enjoyed that in these picks this week getting a bit deep and thoughtful there jack do you want to tell us about your next track oh yeah so (laughs) this is a song by alice coltrane called journey in satchadananda so this was released in 1971 on the album of the same name Uh, alice coltrane being a pianist harpist uh composer big in the jazz scene a spiritual leader in later life as well she was and also i think you can hear that really in this track the fact that i mean like the beatles uh, indian spirituality was becoming a big part of her life at this point and in fact satchidananda is the name of her uh, spiritual teacher at this time she was a disciple of satchidananda and i just think this song is just an absolute bloody powerhouse it it starts with this like bass groove which is quite bluesy it's like a double bass groove quite slow quite woozy Uh, and then you've got the drums you've got that indian drone instrument the tambura that kind of runs through it like a river you've got pharaoh sanders on soprano saxophone which is kind of this nasal like flutter that goes over the top of the track and then you've got alice coltrane on harp doing these lovely like waterfall cascades but also with alice i think as well she plays the harp in a way which is also quite can be quite spiky and quite not aggressive but hard as well there's a lot of that going on uh it was a track recorded in alice's home studio and I don't get the impression they had loads of space. Like, it's always felt like a track which is incredibly close quarters. Like, all the instruments sound like they're sort of interlinking or intermingling. It also feels, to me, I've always listened to this track and thought that it sounds very hot in the studio as well. There's just this sense of, like, temperature and humidity. And Pharaoh Sanders, the saxophonist, has this lovely, like, vibrato thing that he does where it sort of, like, you know, wobbles, but quite slowly. It sounds to me like rippling heat or something uh, obviously it's, it's i mean it's at its core it's like a jazz track but it's like nothing really that i've ever heard 
within the realms of jazz and i think the really special thing about alice is i mean she was really influenced by her husband john coltrane and a lot of the players on this record and also her other records as well uh, are people in john coltrane's former bands and stuff like that but she just had so much going on beyond just jazz i mean she went on to like really explore classical music in a big way and pull that in like she just seems to have this uh, adoring like love of all music and all influences and 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 this track to me just sounds like someone absolutely soaking up all of the sound that she's getting and then just pushing it back out there as well i just love it so much i could talk about it so much more and also as well i feel like this track could be twice as long and i'd still be into it in a way i'm glad it's not because you know i just end up listening to it again and there's there's something about that refinement which i think is quite nice as well so yeah i like it uh tom what do you reckon to it i i i absolutely loved it yeah yeah it was it was was fantastic yes it was so glad uh, it's strange how as soon as it started i was i was in you know it didn't i didn't you know i wasn't take a second to think oh yeah i like this bit or uh yeah and it it didn't grow on me anyway i just liked it straight away it was it was almost as if it you're, you're sort of thrust in halfway through yeah with this this earthy sort of bass which which i really loved which was kind of almost grounded you throughout the song mm-hmm. uh, and then you get the the saxophone and this absolutely brilliant harp and and all of it nothing seems out of place or 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 where it should not there's nothing where it shouldn't be it's all it's all very I don't know if I was influenced by the name of it, but it did feel like a journey mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it, totally. It, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whether the name, if I if I didn't know it was called that, or if it's called something else, whether I I think the same thing. But I do feel like you're sort of you're tethered to this baseline, and then everything else is kind of washes over you. Uh, the harp is 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 really just beautiful, and it's not often you get to hear a harp, so. And it fits so well in the, in this track, and yeah. you've got the 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 sort of eastern feel to it. It it all just really really worked for me, and I yeah I really loved it. Yeah, I'll be listening again. Oh, nice! Because obviously I've seen you in the time since I chose this track, and you know there's the policy on fantastic beats that you save all your thoughts for the podcast. But I had I was looking at your face for any clues yeah. when we were kind of talking on it, but. Um, you kept kept it well hidden your opinions yeah so uh, i mean yeah i uh, had a complete poker face all the time even though i was bursting to just say i love it and i have to keep a lid on keep a lid on my uh, my emotions nice. but yeah, yeah i mean i've never listened to alice coltrane before and not really much of john coltrane to be honest but if it's like this and i'll be i'll definitely be listening oh, it's interesting baby. the parallels between this and and the sort of beatles because they yeah exactly. you say this is this is like the 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 70s was this that she yes. she recorded this 71 so yeah yeah so it was it was sort of right in that in that sweet spot when east eastern sort of spiritualism was hitting yeah I can like imagine. yoga starts happening yeah in yeah. yeah that's right yeah and, and <laughs> you know people are really starting to and and swamis become uh almost like rock stars <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> big famous guys and and it really just fits it, it but it's not like anything the beatles did it's it, you know they were they were doing pop songs they were doing really good songs but there's nothing i feel as immersive or as that carried you 
that sort of carried you along floating along like this one did yeah that, that's i always feel like that alice was climbing out her music's like a ladder just like it, she climbs out of her music uh and to something that she's trying to strive to that's higher and, and that's definitely i feel you know her, her late husband john coltrane was a similar thing i think that's probably why they connected they were both trying to just climb out of their music um lizzie what do you make of this one yeah so this track is a room that is kind of filled with really heavy smoke that just hangs yes. above the like below the ceiling Correct. and there's lots of red velvet furniture in there with tassels yeah um that's what this track is <laughs> so, bang on yeah, yeah. <laughs> it smells like nag shampa the incense <laughs> correct um yeah it's a beautiful track i do know her work a little bit because i've heard you play it around the house a lot jack yeah i really face. like it it's um kind of got this gently walloping bass line which i think is on a played on a double bass here yes which kind of in amongst everything else that kind of floats in and out seemingly without much structure but i, I imagine there is quite a lot of structure the baseline is the solid so it is nice when you allow yourself to go into that meditative state the baseline for me i really latched onto yeah and i was like that's reminding me i am still breathing and alive that's kind of whilst everything else washes washes around you um and like the baseline because it walks down a little bit i felt like every time it did when i really let myself go with this track it was walking me deeper into this meditation every time even though it stays at the same it's playing the same thing yeah but it's it's that sense of moving you down and down and down into this meditation bit, a bit like the beatles in fact isn't it? really similar actually yeah like taking you really down into something yeah um I like the I like I like the heavy use of bells because I, I also like the bells because I don't really think there's a rhythm to it. They are just a constant. Yes, um, like waterfall or something. Yeah, just always there or kind of whenever the percussionist fancies it. There, there's the bells um, <laughs> and it just really made me think of a lot of opening lotus flowers slowly yeah. oh <laughs> lovely yeah yeah it's yeah, a good it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful track it really is and yeah definitely want to explore more of her work certainly yeah. um, I think also it, it, it has it could annoy me there, there are times when this is definitely not what I want this is definitely for me an evening track drawing things in and down track this is not listening on the bus track um that would irritate me yeah um but that's you know if you don't want nag champ on the bus either do you really so no kinda, no no. <laughs> no but i i think it's interesting you say that because also as well i've seen people comment on this track and say like oh this is a bit too so the sax soften is called pharaoh sanders they commented saying this track's a bit too pharaoh sanders for me which i think like when you become an adjective the sax office is hardly in it really he i mean he's he's big in it but i mean i i I well i feel like his presence is quite big but did you not think it was notice it no that is not funny i was really tuned into that bass though (laughs) all in on that stuck on the bass (laughs) yeah Yeah. i i I, i'm quite surprised by that yeah, what what is in the the fact that did you think it was or that it no, wasn't? No, that yeah, yeah, no, I I totally had had pretty much the same experience by the sounds of things as Lizzie did. <laughs> really, so that's what it sounds like. I think yeah, I I was I was grounded with that bass line and yeah. and 
yeah i just i was thought of it in a different way but i think we both we both kind of almost had a tangible sort of presence within the song where you you started imagining uh you were in a different place almost and uh yeah i definitely had that but uh, yeah like 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 you say lizzie i didn't think it's very strange it's almost as if people were waiting to to hear the saxophone maybe and and people are more tuned in to 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 jazz and and know a bit more about it they were sort of like oh you know it 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 looms a bit larger in their mind because they were they were ready for him right maybe that's i could so easily pretend that it wasn't there because it climbed so much higher than everything else when it kind of came in i almost tuned it out a bit because i was like well what a silly distraction to this beautiful meditation (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really interesting that myself and tom were like uh yeah like the main guy well I feel like it's probably because so he's playing the soprano sax, which is the instrument that I'm learning at the moment. So I am so attuned to hearing that instrument and that sound at any point. So I think as soon as it came in, I was like, right, I know what that is. But also as well, like mm-hmm. just listening to saxophone players has become such a big thing for me. I think his whole performance as well, just the more I listen to this track, it just gets more and more beautiful. I I am quite almost alarmed that it didn't strike you guys because... I think it just looms so large for me. I mean, that's the wonderful thing, isn't it, about listening to this track and being able to get so many different perspectives and have objects loom larger than others. But there's a bit in the second half where he's just, like, going... But, like, better than that. Uh, where it's, like, really kind of frantic. <laughs> that's and... good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's my best effort. Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's kind of like this frantic freewheeling kind of thing that completely strips away from the pace of the song. It's just like... It's, it's almost sounds like someone's eyes rolling back i oh i adore it but that's great i mean it's cool that we all you know hang ourselves onto different aspects of the song that's really neat This has been Fabalab. Tom, thank you very much for, for joining us for a bit of Fantastic Bees. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I've had a, had a fun time. Cool. And uh, Lizzie, if people want to keep up to speed with us and what we're doing on the internet and all that good stuff, where should they be headed? They should go to Twitter if they are so inclined and look up fantastic underscore pod or you can find our website at fantasticbeatspodcast.com or if you'd like to be on the show or you have an idea or something you want to say about this episode you can email us at hello at fantasticbeatspodcast.com love it cool well thanks very much for listening everyone and we will see you next time bye-bye bye bye